Y'all give it up for the youth. Come on. Woo! Right? Oh, okay. Y'all can go. Nah, my time. Hey, everybody can be seated. Fourth and fifth graders, you may be dismissed. Hey, put the uh, flashback slide on real quick. Real quick. Boom. Yes. So um, we're journeying through Romans, as everybody's joked about, for all the jokes that everybody's got. And so what happens is, when you're reading the book of Romans, there is Old Testament scripture that is quoted. And most of the time, we just glance over that and keep moving. But here at Church on the Rock, we're trying, to, we're trying to help you learn not just the book of Romans, but the entire Bible. So we jump back and do what we call flashbacks of the Old Testament scripture, and that's what Lewis is going to be preaching today. But real quick, I just want you to... Understand that when you see like Caden here on the cajon following what Lewis is doing, when you see the young ladies leading worship for us, when you see everybody, put, y'all got a little mob back there. Put your hands up back there. Yeah. Like, when, you, when you see all of this taking place, this is why we're here. You know, if, if you're here and you're like, uh, this isn't the week I should have came. I should have stayed home because the girls are singing. You're missing the point of what church is. We bring people in to better form them in Christ, whether they are adults or whether they are children. Everything that we're doing is to equip people to do the work of the ministry, not just in these walls, but everywhere else. So what you're seeing is a biblical church. You're seeing us look at the Bible and say, hey, it's not just for Ty to sing. It's for Ty to make more singers. It's not just for Clinton to do all the crazy stuff he does over here. It's for him to get other people to do those things too. And the same for us as preachers. I love preaching God's word with everything in me. And mo many of you who have been talking to me lately, I've talked your head off because I'm not preaching right now. But um, our responsibility is to pour into people like Lewis who feel called by God to do what I'm doing so that there's many of us so that if I die, if Jason dies, or if we get called somewhere else, if we really love this church, we're going to leave it in the hands of people who can do everything we're doing. So we need to celebrate a day like today where none of the people who are normally doing what they do are up, and it's everybody that's been equipped to do it. And then we need to encourage them, Lewis, to make more of what you're doing and some of these other brothers and sisters here. So um, I just wanted to introduce Lewis. Come on up here, man. And he's already preached once. He did an excellent job, except for, and I'm going to call you out real quick. But <laughs> Go I said, ahead. He preached the whole time like this. So anybody on that side, wave your hand yeah, so he knows you're over you. there. Because the whole sermon was right here. <laughs> we talked about it when we did our little halftime talk, but he, he did an excellent job, and we're excited for what he's going to do. So y'all make sure you're taking notes. And as a church family, if you're a member of this church, talk to him throughout the week. Encourage him on what he did right, but also tell him what you needed more of so that he can grow in his preaching. It's vital. All right? I'll let you pray yourself and all that okay. good stuff. Love you, bro. I love you, man. Hey, get, get better. Yep. There we go. No, I'm good. Yeah, and to add on to that, you know, the other reason I, you know, I certainly want constructive feedback is just simply because, you know, as I, when, I, when I started, this is my second time, and, and when I started, the first time it was, you know, I kind of always felt like I wanted to preach, um, you know, even when I was, like, in high school and college, and I wanted to preach, um, you know, something I had an interest in, and it didn't take long to learn that, you know, I, I go through the Word and prepare the sermon, and, you know, that's for, that, that part's for me, the preparation's for me, 
Um, but I used to be a public speaker. I was in moot court in law school, and uh, I'd get up in front of people and actually give the presentation, and I'm profusely sweating, like I'm being judged on my performance, and it was terrifying, you know, but I get up here and preach, and it's completely different because I'm, I'm learning, so I've been filled with stuff that I need to know, and because I need it, you know, I know that we all need it, and it's just, you know, me uh, telling you what God says, and because we all need it, so I'm, I'm, I, I need that feedback from you, um, you know, it, because we all need the truth of God, um, you know, help me to teach you in, in ways that you can learn. Um, so uh, with that, uh, why don't we bow our heads real quick and pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for all the wonderful people here uh, that you call your own. Lord, I pray that um, you speak through me to them, uh, and, and I pray that you give us a message that will uh, not only convict us all, Lord, but, but um, a message from you that will, will change us so that we don't, we don't walk out of here empty-handed, Lord. We have something that we can work with, even if it's just one thing that sticks with us for the week, Lord. And, and then, you know, we renew ourselves with your word uh, daily, and then we come and we get something next week, and we, we build upon that um, on a daily and weekly basis, Lord. Um, pray that you be with the the, the worship group and the children, we thank you for them, uh, for, for giving their time and, and helping in serving the church, Lord. Uh, it's in your heavenly name, Father. Amen. Okay. So I closed my Bible, which I don't know why, because I lost my spot. But uh, we will... Uh, so so uh, a couple weeks ago, Rashad gave a sermon. Um, you know, we learned about a sin situation. You know, God set standard, okay? Um, and it started in Romans 1, 16 and verse 17, okay? And in that verse, uh, you know, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for, the salva or for salvation to everyone who believes, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed for, uh, from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, okay? And the, that, that, that little section there, the quotes, the, the righteous shall live by faith, Last week, Nick broke down, broke, you know, went into that, which is a quote from Habakkuk 2.4. Um, and, you know, in that verse, it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright within him, uh, but, the righteousness, uh, but the righteous shall live by faith. And, and, he, and he broke that down, talking mostly about the, you know, pride aspect of that message, okay? And so today we're going we're gonna to talk about the righteous, you know, shall live by faith portion, Okay. And we will start, um, you know, Habakkuk 1, verse 3. Um, yep, there you go. All right, so why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look among, the, uh, actually, we'll stop there real quick, okay? So this is Habakkuk's, you know, complaint to God, okay? You know, around him, you know, and he's talking about his fellow Israelites, okay? You know, within Israel, you know, justice is going forth perverted. The law, you know, the, the legal system has failed his own people to, to carry out justice, right? You know, it, it's the proverbial, you know, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, you know? People who are innocent are being claimed guilty, okay? I, 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 
I think that's something that we could all identify with. I mean, even in today's society. And, and so Habakkuk's coming to God and he's saying, you know, you're our chosen people, but we're, all, these, all this wrong is going on within our city, okay? You know, God's people is, you know, spiritually apostate, morally corrupt. What are you going to do about it, okay? And so God answers in verse 5. He says, um, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the, Chal uh, the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not on their own. Okay, and so up to this point, you know, the Chaldeans haven't really been mentioned. Right now, they're under the control of Assyria. And so, so Habakkuk's, you know, asking, you know, what are you going to do about your people? And now all of a sudden, God's like, well, I'm raising up this army. You know, Chaldeans, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Babylonians. I mean, I'm sure we've heard about Babylonians. Um, you know, they were the next great nation of power after uh, Assyria. And they, until Persian came, Persia came in and, you know, conquered most of, you know, that area, the Mediterranean area, you know, it was the Babylonians that were the nation of power, okay? And so God says, I'm raising up a newer army, and I'm coming, and they will come in, and I will use their evil to, you know, uh, uh, correct the sins of my people, right? You're my chosen, you're my chosen people, and you have strayed away from me. So, I mean, I don't condone the evil, but I'm going to use it, you know, for your benefit. Um, and so we, we, we jump down to verse 12, okay? And Habakkuk says, Are you not from the ever, uh, are you sorry, are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, and that we shall not die there. He's not saying like, like, like we can never die, like we're immortal. This is more like God said, you know, you said you're, you, you said that we're your people and we, you know, you, we will forever be your nation. Um, and and this, so this, we shall not die, that's, that's sort of standing on that promise, okay? It's not a, it's not an immortality thing, okay? Uh, o Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of pure eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrongs, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? Okay, so God says, uh, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. And, and Habakkuk, he, he replies, like, you, you can't do that. How, how are you going to answer injustice with greater injustice. Well, you, you're, you're the God of, of all that is good, and, and you, you, you can't look upon evil, okay? And, um, you know, Habakkuk, Habakkuk just, he just thoroughly does not understand, okay? And so, you know, th this can't be right. You know, th to him, the cure is worse than the, than the condition, okay? And so we... Um, we're going to go to Habakkuk 2, 2 to 4. You know, this is God's response to his second uh, complaint, okay? God tells Habakkuk three things, okay? Um, verse 2, yes, okay. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Okay, I'm going to start, stop right there really quick. Um, so God tells Habakkuk, okay, fine, like here's something important, okay? You're going to write it on tablets. This is, this is going to be something that is permanent, a permanent record. And, you know, there's a couple different interpretations, but of, of he who, so he may run who reads it. But, but the, the, the message is, you know, whether it's one man running city, city to city and telling them the news, or they put it up on a post and everyone who reads it runs and tells everybody else, it's the same thing, right? Everyone needs to know this message, okay? Your generation needs to know, your generations after you need to know, and your children's children, children's children's children's, okay? Um, and... 
Yeah, and, and so this is the important message, and I need it to be a permanent record, okay? And so he continues on. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It surely will come, or it will surely come. It will not delay. Okay, and this is our verse for today. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not right within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. Okay, I'm going I'm to quickly give you a, 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 the third thing that God says, because it's, it's not here. Uh, right, right after this verse, um, ha, uh, God tells Habakkuk, or Habakkuk that, you know, uh, yes, the Chaldeans are a very, very, you know, terrible enemy that is coming, okay? And they are unrighteous. And I will deal with their unrighteousness, you know, in my perfect time, you know, and you'll see all these, like, you know, woe to the Chaldeans, and uh, you know, things they do wrong, right? They, they, you know, rape, kill, pillage, okay? And God's like, I will address each and every one of their sins, but in my time, okay? And so that, that's really the third thing. And it, and it turns out it ends up happening. The Babylonians, they're, uh, they're crushed about, I don't know, 60 years later or something like that. Uh, they're, they're plundered and everything that God says will happen, happens. By the time that Persia rolls through, Babylon is a shell of its former self, um, okay? And so that's the first and third thing, but the second one is the one that we'll be diving into today, okay? So Habakkuk verse four, two verse four, soul is puffed up, not uh, upright within him, but the righteous shall, shall live by faith. And so the first point I wanna get into, um, I mean, it's not really a point, it's a question. And that's, that's only because I wanna establish the framework of what we'll be discussing today, okay? And that, that, that point is, who are the righteous, okay? If you would like to go to, if you could go to Proverbs 20 for me, we're going to go through a few verses to kind of, you know, describe to us who the righteous are, okay? So verse 20, uh, 20 verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. So the righteous are one who acts righteously, and, and, and by righteous, okay, we're not, we're not talking about, well, I do mostly good. You know, we're, we're talking the standard of God, the one where, you know, we have to follow the commandments. You know, there's, there ends up being 613 of them at the end of the day, about sacrifice, about making amends with, with the people around them and within, you know, within Israel, um, you know, uh, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my any others off the top of my head. But uh, there's 613 laws. You, you fail one, you fail them all. Okay, that's I mean that's that's the gist of it. So, acts righteously. It, it's not whether or not you are better than your neighbor. You know, this is you're either you obey them all or you don't. Okay. So going on now, uh, Proverbs 10 verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So acts righteously speaks righteously. The third one, the thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. So acts, speaks, and thinks righteously. Even if we somehow manage to do the act and speak righteously, who here has had an impure thought, right? Like we all have. And if you're, <laughs> we just, we all have. There's just no way around it. I mean, so if those three, okay, and then the final one, 29 verse 27, an unjust man is an abomination, uh, but one whose way is straight is an abomination to the wicked. So speaks, thinks, and acts righteously, and then on top of it all, 
does all of those things while they're in the world and not of the world. They're, they're despised for it. Like, like, does that remind anyone of anyone here? No, 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 I'm sorry, let me ask the question. Does that remind anyone of someone that we know? No, starts with a J, ends with an Jesus Christ, right? Like Jesus, the only one who came down, lived, act, thought perfectly, and then despite being hated and considered, uh, basically considered a heretic in his time by the, the, the church in Jerusalem at the time, he did it all perfectly, okay? And so that's going to bring me to my second point, which is we are faithful, or I'm sorry, we are not faithful because we are righteous. Instead, we are righteous because we are faithful. Now, remember, none are righteous, okay? Romans 10, or 3, 10, verse, yeah, 10 to 12. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one, okay? So even, <laughs> right, we learned from the last Proverbs verses that it seems impossible. Well, just in case you didn't know, God says it is impossible, okay? So, you know, but, but just because it's impossible doesn't mean that we can't be, that, that we're not gifted with righteousness. You know, it'll, it'll never be like the, um, the true righteousness of God, like we'll never be righteous in God's eyes. There's nothing that we can do that will ever get us to that point, okay? And that in and of itself, you know, puts us on a path to hell, okay? But that being said, you know, and we'll learn how we get there, but that being said, righteousness is still attainable. At least we're still, we still got sinful bodies. And as long as we're in this body, it, we, will, we will be sinful. It's in our nature, okay? But Hosea 10 verse 12 Kind of, kind of proves that righteousness is somewhat attainable for us. It says, so for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it, is, uh, for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. And this verse really hits on how, you know, how we you know, start to attain that a little bit, okay? You know, seek the Lord, okay? We're going to find out from, from uh uh, I'm going to use Abraham as an example. There's a few others if you go to Hebrew 11. Several examples of faith in the Old Testament, okay? But we're, we'll, we'll go with Abraham today. I'll save you the time. Uh, so, he, um, sorry, Romans, please, four. Yeah, there we go. As it is written, I have made you, you being Abraham, the father of many uh, nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, and calls into the existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he has been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was good, as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or he, when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why, it was, uh, why it, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Okay, so um, Abraham believed in in what God had told him, like, I will make you a great nation, you know, so will your offspring, okay, 
He believed it, and it was counted to him as righteousness, okay? And in the Old Testament, you'll see, um, you'll see the words faith, you'll see uh, believed, okay? Because the Hebrew doesn't have a word for faith, it, it, we have to go to the context to understand that, okay? And, and, and so if we take a look at Abraham's life, you know, we're going to see, okay, Abraham believed him, okay? It was kind of his righteousness, and here's why, you know? And so as Abraham goes and Sarah hasn't conceived a child, he went uh, 50 years, I think. It was, uh, I don't remember the exact number of years, 25. But at any rate, you know, a number of years to the point that Sarah, you know, she was, she was you know, at the time, it would have been medically, uh, would have been uh, medically, I can't think of the right way to say that, but, but barren, like considered by doctors to be barren, essentially, uh, is kind of what I'm getting at. So, you know, by what all they, what, what they all knew, it was impossible to have kids, okay? Despite that, she was reminded of the promise, um, you know, that she would, be, she would conceive a son, and she scoffed, right? But in faith, you know, not only did he believe, but he's like, hey, look, like, I still believe this, so God says it, it's going to happen, okay? And so, you know, that's, you know, that was part of the reason that was counted to him as righteous, or that was the reason that was counted to him as righteous. He believed it and acted upon it, okay? Same thing, right? When uh, God told him, you know, here's your son, and when he's still a boy, now it's like, I want you to, I want you to sacrifice your son. And I mean, who, Abraham, you, you told me I'll be a great nation, and now you're going to have me sacrifice my only son through my, through my wife? You're going to have me sacrifice him? Like, how am I going to be a great nation if I kill my son? How, you know, and so, but nevertheless, he believed God, you know, God said, I'll be a great nation, so if he wants me to sacrifice my son, I will, and he takes him up to the mountain, you know, he binds him, and he's getting ready to, to, you know, take his life, and all of a sudden, God stops, and is like, wait, no, like, it's clear, like, you, you have faith, you believe in what I'm saying, okay, and, and so, what we see from Abraham's example here is that, you know, faith is belief in action, right? It's, it's faith is obedience, um, you know, hope against hope. And, and uh, Paul takes that. And this is since, you know, since Habakkuk 2.4, you know, it'll convey that, um, you know, right? It says, the righteous shall live by faith. You know, that, that, that life, or I'm sorry, that word live is kind of it's a present progressive word. It's the same thing with the previous verse. The Chaldean soul is puffed up. If it stays puffed up, it, you know, then his soul is not upright within him. Um, the righteous shall live by faith. Right? You live by faith daily. You know, it is a present progressive concept. And this is what Paul takes from that. You know, and then cites Abraham as an example. It's, I believe you now. I believe you tomorrow. And I'm going to act on it. I'm convicted of what you're telling me to be true. Therefore, I will consider that when I, whenever I act going forward, okay? <clears throat> um, and, and, and the reason Paul, you know, cites this verse in here, right, is he knew that salvation was the only uh, possible, or I'm sorry, he knew salvation was only possible with Abraham-like faith and dependence on God, okay? Or I guess in Paul's case, it would be faith through and dependence on Christ, all right, and this brings me to my third and final point. Yeah, and that is the pursuit of faith in Christ is a pursuit of living righteously, right? Okay, so let's go back to 116, I'm sorry, Romans 1, 16 to 17, please. Yeah, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, before salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first 
and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Okay, and that, that faith for faith, those three words right there, Okay. In some of your Bibles, you might see uh, from faith to faith. You might see uh, by faith from first to last. Okay, it, but, but they all get to the same point. Paul's listeners at this moment in time, they would have understand or have understood Habakkuk 2.4 as being, you know, I live by faith today and going forward. You know, it's not I'm in faith today, but something goes wrong and it's not living by faith anymore, right? I mean, how often do we do something like that? I, I, I know I have, right? You know, you, you, you go to church and it's like, oh man, I feel so good and I, I, I want to follow what God's telling me. And then, you know, Monday goes by, I haven't gotten my Bible. Two goes by, I haven't talked to God. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And by the time we get to Sunday again, it's like, I feel so rotten. You know, what am I to do? And, and that's, it's because you know, at least when I was, especially when I was doing that, guys, I would get my fill one hour for however many hours in a week. I mean, I don't have a phone or calculator, but, you know, I mean, we're supposed to be doing this every second of every day of our life as much as, you know, as we humanly can. I mean, we're, we're fallen people, but, you know, as much as we can, you know, get our, you know, renew, uh, the renewing of the mind, you know, uh, constant walking with God, okay? So, Paul is setting up his argument that, you know, whether Jew or Gentile, we all must seek Christ through faith. And, you know, to kind of understand where he's going with this, um, you know, to under, the, some of the issues that were going on in the Church of Rome, okay? There was, you know, tension between the Jewish Christian and Gentile Christians. So um, the Jewish Christians had been expelled from Rome uh, under uh, Claudius. You know, an edict of Claudius, you know, the, the Jews need to get out of Rome. And so this church in Rome, you know, was, had been established at some point in time before. Um, and they were filled with both, you know, Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. And then now the Jewish Christians are expelled. So the Gentile Christians are left running this church on their own. Okay. And so they became accustomed to doing, um, you know, faith according to their way. And, and, and the best way to think about it, right, is like, you know, the Catholics, like, you know, we all believe the same God, but Catholics have a certain set of, you know, rules that they follow and things that they believe, you know, non-denominational, Protestant, I mean, all these different, all these different, you know, sort of subsets of Christianity. But so they go out, they come back, and now they have to like reintegrate, even though the church has sort of been a little bit uh, modified to fit the needs of the people then. Um, and so we have these um, different expressions of faith that are being mashed together and you know the jewish christians well we're the god's chosen race well you're the race that killed jesus you know so paul needs to address these racial issues and seek you know to reconcile the two groups okay because if he doesn't this church will fall okay or i mean worst case like people like fall away from the church period you know um i mean how many people have heard a story about you know uh you know, some issue in the church, you know, and I'll, and I'll tell one a little bit later, um, you know, about a, 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 a boy that had committed suicide and the, the pastor, instead of reaching out in love, you know, used it as a soapbox moment. Um, and, and, and maybe you've heard a story that's similar to that. And, and instead of, you know, preaching the gospel, which may have been in the intent, which may have been the intent, you know, you end up hurting people and chasing them away from the church in the process. 
Um, you know, and Paul's, he, the, the way he addressed this was by simply pointing to which is the, to that what's most important, which is faith in Christ, okay? And this act of faith we've been discussing leads to justification. Um, if you could, Romans 3, 21, please. Um, yeah. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom, put, whom God put forward as a propitiation by the blood, his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, oops, I skipped the page. All right, so once, 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 we, once we accept Christ and we call Christ our Lord, like, like something happens to us, right? We were, Jesus tells us that, that a helper will come, you know, that helper being the Holy Spirit, and he, he'll teach us, you know, all things concerning sin and righteousness and truth. And, and now we have a helper with us, so it doesn't matter, you know, whether or not we're churches integrating or, you know, among our, our brothers in the faith, you know, whatever it is, you know, we have the tools that we need to um, live day to day in faith with Christ. Okay. If you can go to uh, Romans, uh, let's say Romans 5, 1 to 5, we'll go there. Uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we, all, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay, And, and so, as I said, we, we have the tools we need to pursue a life of faith. You know, we're no longer, uh, I'm sorry, we have the tools we need to pursue a life of faith, okay? We, um, we don't need to pass judgment on others because we have, uh, we need Jesus Christ ourselves. Um, we, uh, kind of lost my place here. I skipped verses and that's my fault. Um, actually, I'm just, I'm just gonna go this way. So um, I told you earlier that, uh, you know, I had a story about this. His name is Mason Hullabarger, okay? His parents are Jeff and Linda. Um, he had committed suicide on December 4, 2018. The reason it's coming up today, I heard it on the radio um, a couple days ago. His, his parents are now suing, and it's kind of being brought back into the forefront of the news. Um, before the funeral, they had met with pastor. His name was um, uh, priest uh, La Cuesta. The Hullabarger's, uh, they, they didn't disclose the suicide. Uh, only a handful of people knew. Um, somehow, uh, the pastor had learned about the fact that the, the Mason committed suicide. I, I assume, um, you know, if anyone's been in a close-knit room, uh, you know, someone's, you know, funeral planning and stuff like that, you know, maybe when the parents left, it was like, yeah, you know, this is what happened. Um, you know, the, the, the stories didn't really say but nevertheless, um, they have the funeral service. Um, the pastor used it as a, a soapbox moment 
preaching uh, about the sin of suicide. And, um, you know, the, the, the parents obviously were, were mortified to the, to the point that, you know, the father had, had getting up, you know, father, please, like, stop, you know, but he, but he didn't. And uh, this is a quote from the father. Uh, he, he was up there uh, condemning our son, pretty much calling him a sinner. He wondered if he had repented enough to make it to heaven. He said suicide upwards of six times. He continues, there were actually a couple of younger boys who were Mason's age who left the church sobbing. Jeff tried to get him to stop, but it was his time to tell everyone what he believed about suicide. And, you know, they were asked later on, you know, the parents, you know, are, are you ever going to go back to that church? And of course they said no. Um, and, and this is, I, I say that to draw attention to this fact. You know, Paul's addressing these two groups of people that are integrating are reintegrating. Um, and there are going to be troubles. You, you, you might be able to think of someone now that you have issues with. There are going to be struggles in life with people you love. Um, there are going to be perhaps even preconceived prejudices um, that you might want to ask God to cleanse you of. We all have them. But at the end of the day, you're no different than me and I'm no different than you. You're no different than each other. Like, we all need God's grace. And when we live faith daily, by day, which, by the way, I'm uh, the uh, worship group can probably come up to stage. Um, you know, we, we all need the grace of Jesus Christ. We, and, and, you know, because, because we have accepted, and if we haven't, you might be here today because maybe there's something about a life of faith that, uh, is appealing to you, and, and, and here's the reason why. You know, we can pursue a life of, of righteousness by living in faith daily to Jesus Christ, and we're not going, we're not going to, it's not a one-time deal. Yes, I believe in you, and everything's smooth sailing. There will be a lot of growing pains. There was for Israel. I mean, they would fall away for years. They would get conquered for years. You know, God would give them peace for years. There's there's never a time on this, uh, you know, in this life where life won't be hard, okay? But we have all the tools that we need. The Holy Spirit will convict us of all his truth, okay? Not only that, but, you know, he, he won't put us to shame. He will help us grow in hope and confidence, uh, live in perseverance. If we just, you know, cling on, we, we cling on to the faith, you know, we pursue it daily, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if, if addiction's evolved or if, you know, you, you worry. You're like, how can I not worry? Well, pray to God every day. It doesn't matter. Pray, pray, pray. Read, read, read. Get in his word. You know, like, let him cleanse you with his word. You don't cleanse yourself. He cleanses you. Okay? And, and so it is a, an active pursuit Every day, every minute of every day, as much as you can end. You know, Paul says, I labor at it with all the energy that works so perfectly within me, right? It's not your energy. It is his energy that works in you. Submit to that, okay? And keep pushing, keep pursuing. Amen? Amen. Close my eyes.
as we close, I want you guys to think about this one thought. It's something that touched my heart a couple years ago when I was thinking about it. But sometimes Christians only know how to show love through hate. And that is so wrong of us. If you think about Jesus when he met the woman at the well, he could have been extremely hateful. Instead, he loved her and showed who he was to her. And so when we're out witnessing to people, show them love through love, not love through hate. Let them know that what they do is wrong, but let them know that there's a Savior named Jesus that is there for them. So as we go out this week, just think about that. Uh, talk to Lewis, encourage him. It's not easy getting up here and, and speaking. It's extremely uh, nerve-wracking, and you can have all the confidence in the world. And as soon as you start talking about God, that that weight is so heavy. So please encourage him. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's have a word of prayer. Remember again, after Tuesday, where shot is off for two weeks, reach out to me, please. Dear God, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to hear a message from you. Lord, we just pray that as we go out this week, Lord, that we can love on people the way you loved us and still love us. And Lord, I just uh, thank you for the youth stepping out of their comfort zone and, and leading in worship and doing the media and the sound and all those people that have poured into them. And Lord, I thank you um, for being able to license Nick and Lewis today. And Lord, I just I just love you. I thank you for everything that you have done through this church. It's in your son Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Have a good week.